everyone, what is up? Welcome aboard to the very first episode of Scared Money Don't Podcast. That's right, another OKC Thunder podcast coming to your ear holes. But look, we're different. We are not a post-game pod. Straight up, going to throw that out right now. You will not get 82 of these over the course of a normal season. We're here, one a week, pretty laid back. We're just going to give you our thoughts. We're going to mix in a lot of fun along the way. And if major stuff happens, I'm, I'm sure we can pop up for an emergency pot. But we will be here with you the whole way. I am Ryan Chapman at Radio is Ryan on Twitter. I am a contributor, writer, don't really know what my title is, don't really care, at InsideTheThunder.com. That is Oklahoma City's Sports Illustrated site. And we are joined by the publisher, the big man in charge, the boss man, and my good friend, Derek Parker at D-Park. Okay, DP, what's up, dude? How is it going? It is great to be here. Like uh, like Ryan said, we are pencil pushers. You're not getting 82 of these. We are too lazy <laughs> for that. This is more laid back. We're not going to go out and cover 82 games. Okay, get over yourself. Um, yeah, like Ryan said with his quality introduction, I am uh, the newly acquired publisher for InsideTheThunder.com. Go check it out. They uh, they do good work over there, speaking objectively and biasedly. And yeah, I'm excited to be able to get to do this. And like I said, lazily delve into the Thunder podcasting depths. Look, uh, I... I'm just going to be honest. There's not enough fun going on right now in Thunderland, and, and we're here to have some fun. That That's our big thing. Um, if you want the hard-hitting analysis, if you want the game-by-game -game coverage, we do all of that. We just do it in print form at InsideTheThunder.com. Like we said, you've got, like every single game, you've got quick takes, you've got um, uh, all the post-game reaction. The day after, we hand out game balls for the, for the top performers. You've got injury reports, all the breaking news, everything. It's your one-stop shop for everything Oklahoma City Thunder. If you want all that, go there, but also stay here. Let's have some fun. So, DP, without further ado, here we are, really three-fourths, almost more than that, of the way through the season. The Thunder of, what, 10 games left? It looks like uh, they just picked up a big-time win in Boston avoided setting the new franchise mark for consecutive losing streak, all that stuff. Uh, before we get into the meat and bones of this, just real quick, uh, what's kind of your vibe been on this season? Has it been as bad as you expected? Uh, we all knew it was going to be rebuilding year ever since the team was just basically just blown to pieces in the offseason. Uh, has this been as much of a slog as you thought it would be? Well, that's a that's a kicker right there because... I think the over under for the start of the season was 22, which I thought at first was a complete overreaction to the the roster in the preseason and even in the early season, because obviously a team with Al Horford, Shea, Baisley, Dort, all these great players, George Hill, was going to win more than 22 games. And then Presti started Prestying and delved into the G League. And now he's getting out there into Argentina and he's bringing in these guys that I don't know if they're going to get to 22 wins. <laughs> I'm sitting at 21 right now. So it has been. It, it's kind of a loaded question because it has been as good and as bad as I possibly could have thought it would be. Yeah. And look, the 
you're in a weird spot when the most excited that we've been in a long time is seeing the debut of Gabby deck. We think it could happen over the next two games. Um, I know there's been some reports out of Argentina that uh, Gabriel deck has been able to clear the health and safety protocols in time for the Pelicans coming to town on Thursday. We haven't got that official word yet. Doesn't mean look, uh, they they're probably sending that out right now because that's the nature of podcasts and all this stuff. But yeah, it, it's been interesting um, like you said at first, it did appear that it was an overreaction, but those guys in Vegas, they don't miss. They must have known that as soon as the deadline hit, Presti was going to get serious because let's be honest, like the spot you want to be in is the reverse three seed. You want to have the third worst record in the league. The top three teams in the draft lottery have the exact same odds. So you want to maximize your odds while also maximizing the development. And I think that the Thunder have done a good job of that. Mark Dagnall in his first year, uh, He's a guy that was brought in with this player development mindset and DP. We've seen this even amidst the losing streak where obviously Al Horford's been shut down. George Hill was dealt. Mike Muscala looks like he's kind of been low key shut down. Um, Shea Gildas Alexander, plantar fasciitis in the foot. And then you go one and 14. But DP, here's the thing. Here's what people should be talking about over this losing streak. Darius Baisley and Lou Dort in the games that they've played. They haven't played in all of them. They've had injuries themselves. DP, they've been excellent. Like, if you look at some of the numbers here, and I'm going to pull these up, I want to make sure I get them right, so forgive me for reading here. But uh, over this losing streak, Baisley, he's averaged 18.8 points per game, 7.2 rebounds a game, shooting 44% from the field. And Mark Dagnall, he said over and over again that this, like, aggression he's showing, um, all, all you have to do is look into that final minute where the Thunder just trying to kill out the clock in Boston and basically says, screw it, guys, I'm going to the rack and throwing one down. Then you've got Lou Dort. He's only played six games over this. They're kind of monitoring him on back-to-backs, things like that. But the defensive stopper, DP, he's come up with 22.6 points per game, six rebounds, and listen to this, 47%. That's what he's shooting from, not the field, just three point range. So uh, obviously like that is not going to stick, but the the development here has been incredibly impressive. And I I guess it's just one of those things of, is this for real or are we just seeing two guys that happen to be hitting a purple patch at the right time caused everyone to freak out? It's a, it's a conundrum for sure, because we've seen this from Baisley before, where he goes out in the bubble last year and absolutely lights it up for eight straight games and then comes back and has a little bit of an underwhelming start to the season. So as far as Baisley, I'm going to hold off on any takes of whether this is real or not. I think he's certainly shown improvement that can last. You know, 18 points per game is not a fluke over the last however many games that is, whether I think it's about 10. Um, that's not a fluke. Seven rebounds. His rebounding has always been there. He's going to be able to to be a board guy in this league. 44% from the field. That's a little bit of a eh efficiency-wise just because he is a little closer. His three-point shooting has been absolutely horrendous as of late, which is fine because he's still averaging 18.8 points per game. Dort, I would say Thunder fans should be excited about this stretch. Obviously, they're excited about both, but 22.6 points per game from a person whose ceiling in his rookie year was thought of to be Andre Roberson. That is unreal. Obviously, he's not going to keep shooting 47% from the three-point line. That is absolutely ludicrous. But if Lou Dort could ever get to the point where he's averaging 18 points on this Thunder squad and he's, let's say, their third best player, Thunder fans are going to be in for a wild ride in the next couple of years. 
Yeah, I, I mean the the two contemporaries that Lou Dort. Once you kind of realized that he he was going to give you a little bit more than Roberts never was offensively. Um, so Dort being slid into that spot, people pivoted from okay, he's playing the role that traditionally Andre Robertson played for this team, which was play good defense and get out of the way on offense. The pivot was okay. Well, now you're looking at a Patrick Beverly, Marcus Smart territory as a, a dynamite defensive guard who can do some things for you. When you look at those guys over their career, for the most part, 10 to 12 points per game has been like the high end over the course of a season. We know, especially with Marcus Smart, he's a guy that, look, he can get hot. He can go off for these explosive nights. He also can shoot you out of a game, and that's kind of what we've seen out of Lou Dort um, in his very, very short career. I I think it'll just be really interesting once everyone else gets reacclimated in what Dort kind of settles into because my only really nitpick and this of course is like duh that he's going to struggle with this he'd barely played a whole year yet is sometimes I thought his shot selection in the before times before Shea wasn't uh out all that stuff was a little meh I thought he was taking too many shots just because I'm like he can get some really efficient shots and, and not really take stuff away but it'll be interesting to see once everyone gets worked back into the fold what this is going to look like for him, because I know that we've kind of before this way back when, when, when Bayesley was lighting it up in the bubble, you, me and, and our colleague, Nick Crane, who also does great work for inside the thunder.com. We were kind of talking, what do you think Darius Baisley's like best position would be ideally three to five at the beginning of this season. He was asked to play a lot of five or a lot of small ball four with a center beside him, like an Isaiah Roby, or even a scholar or a Horford who, while they might not be undersized, they do not want to just plant themselves in the paint. I do think it shouldn't be overlooked that since Basley's come back and, and really been hot, he's playing alongside a Moses Brown or a Tony Bradley, who's more that traditional center. So like, is that something the Thunder are going to have to keep in mind? Not that you need to be prioritizing spending a top three pick on a traditional center, but when you start thinking lineup composition and what can be the best, like, uh, I think it's definitely something to keep in mind. Absolutely. And, you know, you talk about Dort's shot selection. Going back to that, I think, like you said, he was he was forcing a lot of stuff in the, the before times, um, which is odd because you can see that he can visually impact the game and he can be efficient and he can figure out what those shots are that he needs to take. But at the same time, he's forcing these ugly shots that are inefficient. But I think that's been a huge difference in this this last stretch of games is you're seeing him get to more efficient shots. You're seeing him knock down the ones he was knocking down before. And and he's just he's coming into his own. It almost looks like. Yeah, it's it's been really impressive to watch, like in the post game of, of that Boston game, Mark Dagnall, he was asked directly. Um, I think Barry Trammell was asking him uh, about the comparisons between Smart and Dort. And Dagnett was like, I mean, yeah, on, on the surface, they both play great defense. They both are an integral part of the offense. But the things they do are, are a lot different. And Dagnett was like, look, the, the development that Dort's had has been nothing short of amazing. Like he in those pressure filled moments toward the end of the game, he's like, I find myself gravitating toward Lou Dort, figuring out how we can get him the basketball. So I, I really think that that's an impressive just over the course of one year, you've seen that happen with Lou Dort. Of course, what's it going to look like is the big question. Once Shea is back on the floor, once the Thunder get top six, top seven pick this year, maybe two of them if things fall the right way. But once you get that high level talent coming on in, like it, 
do you have in mind, like I always said, when Shea was on the floor, if Lou Dort's shooting more than 10 shots a game, unless he's just on an absolute heater, like I have a problem with that. I might have to come off that a little bit with what he's shown. If once he gets reintegrated back in, he can continue to make these, take these smarter shots, continue to get to the free throw line, attack the rim, stuff like that. Uh, like I might see his role expanding from just a defensive piece to a, a legitimate bona fide starter and, and essential part of this Thunder team going forward. Yeah, you talk about Smart and his role there. At what point do we raise his ceiling? Has has Marcus Smart ever scored 30 points in a game seven? Has Marcus Smart ever held a superstar to what Dort has done as well as adding offense to it? Has he ever gone on a stretch like this, 22 points per game over 10 to 12 games? At what point do we raise that ceiling to maybe a Drew Holiday type? Or or at what point do we label Dort his own thing that we've never seen before? You know, it's it's going to be interesting. Like you said, I don't know where he fits with Shea. It seems like maybe those two do a lot of similar things as far as when they're holding the basketball. But it's going to be interesting, you know, who's who's to say that Dort won't come out and average this next season and be a, a strong number two next to Shea uh, with a couple good rookies. So it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah, and I think it's pretty contingent too. like if the pick is say the Thunderland in the top five, if it's a Cade Cunningham, you can easily see Cunningham, Dort, Shea coexisting. At least I think you can. If it's a Jalen Green or a Kaminga, think you can easily see those three guys coexisting if it's a Mobley obviously not even a problem if it's a Suggs that makes it really interesting intriguing so it's kind of a fit thing um but last thing real quick before we hop on over to something else uh Dort and Baisley one of those has got to be a starter one of those has got to be a sixth man we are projecting this assuming that with over the next two or three years, you're probably going to pick up two, three starters, whether through the draft or through a trade. If you have to choose one of those guys to be the starter and one to play that six man role for whatever the next generation of the Thunder looks like, who you got with? This is tough, and I don't want to have to do this because people are going to have their opinions and they're going to get mad at my opinion. Well, that that's that's what we're but here for, DP. We're, gonna... we're here for opinions. Opinion. That's talk. true. That's true. This is this is relaxed. This is this is what we what we do. I'm going to obviously keep Dort in the starting five. I think aside from offense, his defense is absolutely game changing. He can single handedly impact the game on the defensive end. And then he's he's at or near basically efficient efficiency wise this season. So I think you have to keep Dort in the starting lineup. You got to keep him matched up against the Damian Lillard's, the Donovan Mitchell's of the world, the LeBron James. Um and and who knows, Baisley, we haven't seen him thrive yet in the starting five. Who knows if we don't move him to the second unit and he he thrives there. He's he's a solid bench scoring option. He provides obviously the length and the defense. So who knows? Yeah, I, I would probably do the same thing, especially because what we've seen out of Baisley recently his uh, yeah he's taking a ton of shots but again everyone's taking a ton of shots Shea's not there Al Horford's not there somebody's got to shoot the ball right but what we know about Baisley is that in the past at least he's kind of been a confidence guy right where if he goes out the the Thunder traditionally run that opening play for him to, to pop off and and hit a three and if he misses it it usually means you have a long first quarter coming and he kind of has to rediscover it I almost wonder if him coming off the bench if he understands that he's probably going to be a part of the closing lineup, you know, get him on that Schroeder deal where 
You're going to come in. You're going to be the energy. You're going to be the dude. Get it going those two or three minutes there in the first quarter. And then he's going to be playing just free flowing with that confidence the entire way the rest of the game. I kind of feel like right now, obviously, all this can change. There's a lot of development to happen, and it depends on what pieces are brought in. But I think if that's what the Thunder looks like, if you've got Shea, Dort, then three other guys through the draft, and then Baisley's your number one off the bench, I I think that's the recipe for a really, really good team, potentially a contender on down the road. Yeah, kind of throw him in that that Montrez Harrell type role where – you know, he's not going to come in and he's not going to hit four threes, but he's going to get to the rack. He's going to provide some decent defense and he's going to be a spark plug. And it almost seems like this stretch of games with Baisley being the go-to guy at some points in time is a microcosm of the future because he's not out there with a lot of NBA starters right now. He's been out there with some some very quality players that that could remain in Oklahoma City for a long time. But for the most part, he's not out there with people who are going to be perennial NBA starters. So maybe... Maybe he just thrives in that situation. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's Derek Parker. I'm Ryan Chapman. Like we said, this is Scared Money Dope Podcast. We're happy you're along for the ride. Up next, inaugural episode, we had to bring in the big guns. TV's Jerry, Jerry Ramsey of franchise fame will join the podcast right around the corner. joined now by radio legend jerry ramsey you may know him from franchise fame he also does another pod it's not a podcast sorry it's a multimedia experience i think allegedly the old man game with brandon rabar and john ham and jerry look we, we named this thing scared money don't podcast obviously an homage to sam presti who paid an homage to a tribe called quest for our first podcast we figured we needed someone old enough that could have yelled at a tribe called quest to turn their damn speakers down when that song was dropped so welcome oh just a just an honor and uh, let me tell you something from afar uh, i admire both of yours work uh, what you guys are doing is revolutionary and changing the entire game of uh sports coverage i guess i don't know all right what are you guys doing honestly well we're just we're following in your footsteps we're we're prodigies of you well Why Derek, don't you that's us? not true we all know that we all know that jerry can't sit down and write he can't even read he said he's a purely auditory guy it's it. can i say something really quick writing is for nerds <laughs> i mean that whole business i i noticed that whenever i was analyzing my career move uh, after my many years in the record business, because uh, I also analyzed that that was going to go out the window about three or four years after it was. Uh, I said, you know what? Writing's for nerds. Let's get a bunch of nerds to write. But I am going to dominate the multimedia part of whatever sports coverage is going to be. That is why I am part of the old man game, that we are a multimedia uh, circus. I mean, that's what we are. We don't write. We don't do podcasts, per se. We just kind of, we are. And we cover, and that's what how it. That's Jerry, how don't, it works. Okay, don't you ever make make fun of me or my number two pencil again, okay? <laughs> I just that's, that's tough. Talk. I just want some clarification. As you know, the actual journalists here, we're we're gonna put your feet to the flames. Be honest, you guys aren't a podcast because you couldn't figure out how to work an RSS feed, right? I will have you know <laughs> that uh, I am very, very, very uh, active on Anchor. <laughs> All right, and uh, that is. 
has worked out for us quite well. And uh, no, it's just there's so many podcasts out there right now that we take our time, just like old men do. We take our time and do it when it's necessary. And so that's why uh, maybe you don't see us as much on the podcast. But like we brought the multimedia, like going to see the thunder on the big screen to Oklahoma City. You can't get into Chesapeake Arena or whatever it's going to be called now, but you can come see it once a month with the old man game on a big screen in a collective setting. I mean, that's brand new, and no one else has been that innovative to do it. That's only something that the old man game could do. You're right, Jerry. I definitely have never watched OU Texas in a, inside a theater before with a bunch of OU fans, anything like that. Totally, you guys. But uh, as you said, tons of podcasts. Happy you came on to our New one, we do talk Thunder basketball occasionally, and since we're starting this podcast uh, down the home stretch of the season, we have the good fortune to just look at things as a whole in its entirety. So, so Jerry, we knew what the score was coming into this year. Chris Paul last year kind of extended um, the Thunder's window of not sucking, uh, for what everyone to call it. We knew that the, the rebuild was coming. Now that we're deep into it, as the Thunder just snapped their 14-game losing streak two nights ago now, uh, winning in Boston, like, what, what's been your impressions? Has it been what you expected, better, worse? Like, like what, what's your vibe on this Thunder season? No, this is way worse than I thought they could be, and I am very proud of them because that's how they had to do it, right? When you come to a small market, and I like what somebody said the other day, and I'm totally ripping it off and not giving them credit because I forgot who said it, but they're, you know the small markets have become – basically farm teams for the big markets. And that's, you know, what Oklahoma City has done. Think about it. The NBA is dominated by stories of Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Chris Paul, right? All of them through Oklahoma City at one point or another. So, you know, Oklahoma City has done a great job being the New Orleans Zephyrs or whatever they are. They're the baby cakes now or the Los Angeles Dodgers or the Oklahoma City 89ers or what have you. And I think that Sam Presti is making a bold move to try to get themselves some winners under rookie salary contracts and see if for the life of him, he can get guys to hang on. So um, I didn't think that they could be this bad. They are this bad. How about going to get in your G League bubble and that be the core of your team this year? That was brilliant. How about going fishing overseas and getting the second coming of uh, Alex Abrinas and Gabriel Deck and bring him over and try him out for, for 10 days. Why not? Why not uh, sign one of the most beloved cartoon characters or comic strip characters ever in Charlie Brown? I, for one, you're a good man, Charlie Brown, for coming here and just sitting and hanging out for 10 games. I feel like that deserves a slow clap. Should I? Do, do we clap? How does... How do podcasts work? I think, yeah, I'm, we need I'm to we need to get your your button thing where we have an applause after a Jerry tirade. You guys, you need to follow some of these NBA hot hot topic yeah, YouTubers. They got all the like canned applause and boos and you know, or you need some sort of like doing hey, sound or something. Jerry, like Jerry, don't sell this short. We do have some canned sounds. Uh, seeing this is our first episode, we haven't decided which ones to put in. But here, here's some drums for you. Happy for you. Wow. Wow. There, there you go. go. Oh, my. I Hey, look, let me sit up straight now. I thought I was just sitting there messing around with you guys. I didn't realize this is one of them professional. Uh, well, podcasts. and next up to bat, you know, questioning the, the venerable Jerry Ramsey. We've got DP. So, Jerry, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to bring out the hard question here. Let's see. What do we have? OK, I want you to rank 
the top five prospects in terms of fit for Oklahoma City? Okay, like fit, like a like SGA, like the jean jacket with the roses on it, right. those kind of exactly. things. We prefer I, I don't know what, we prefer the inflatable Louis Vuitton uh puffer vest. I think it's technically a puffer vest. Uh okay, and then two, do you want me to label them a problem or a bucket? Like do you want as we go along? Because it's either one or the other. It, it, you can't be both and you can't be neither. You're either a problem or a bucket. Oh, unless am I missing one? In today's uh, youth's lexicon, and, and is there another? Uh, no cap, I think, think you got it. That guy yeah, I think you got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's go. The top five, right? Obviously, the, the top five, everybody has, uh, you know, they, they've memorized the top five which would, players which would because be they're hoping that they get one of these. Cunningham, so. Mobley, Kaminga, Green, yes. Suggs. Yep. There, there, yep. There's your five. Congrats. The uh, Thunder. Okay, so here yeah. we go. As fit. As fit I really do think that Evan Mobley is the the go go to guy right now. If you are trying to win like quicker than not, right? So that's the guy you can go four or five with him in a small lineup or whatever, and that works perfectly with SGA, Dort, and Baisley, and whomever they sort of throw on that side there. Uh, but that Evan Mobley, I think, is the perfect fit. Um, two would be Cade Cunningham because he fits everybody's profile because he has the most potential in what he can do. You talk about a guy that can go one, two, three, as far as defensively and offensively, you don't have to worry about finding that many pieces because he can fit in wherever. Then let's go ahead and go Jalen Suggs. I think Jalen Suggs would be a perfect complement in the backcourt to SGA to whatever they sell, serve us in the, in the front court. I think if you go Suggs, though, that's where you start to think that this is more of a three- and possibly four-year project because I don't think that they can build the front court uh, as fast as you may think. Then you get to four, uh, and then I'm going to head. Well, I'm actually at four, right? No, Jalen Green's the guy I've left out in Kaminga. Honestly, both those guys are four A and four B, or five C and five D. However the hell you want to put it, but I think both of those guys, if you put them on this squad, you need to figure out where they fit. Uh, Kaminga maybe a little bit more because. I just kind of like his athleticism, and I seriously uh, like think his name uh, to say it is fun. So Kaminga above Green. So there you go. Well, and we love Jonathan's without an H. That's that's another important thing is no H before the first in. But Jerry, you, you kind of talked about it there, alluded to it a little bit. I guess the question that that's really interesting to me is how long do we think this rebuild is actually going to last? Because Initially, at the start of this season, this Thunder team, they're overachieving a bit. Shea Gildas-Alexander looks like he's taking those steps forward you wanted him to take. And it made you think, okay, well, maybe you bring in a piece and this team can be competitive next year for the 10 seed, at least, and get into that play-in tournament, stuff like that. Uh, And then you kind of mentioned you've got more ready-made stars, more projects. Like, Where do you think on the timeline the Thunder are? Have they moved up at all, or, or is this still a three to five year reclamation project that that okc is just in year one of i always mention this as i talk about you know look at zion williamson right he was the end all tell all the best you know the best project in the last five to ten years this guy was going to come on and be a messiah of whatever team got him guess what they're still fighting for a play in spot not a play off spot a play in spot so uh even if you get that just out of the park guy it's still going to be kind of a build especially for how raw that Oklahoma City has tore down its roster and where they're at. So I, I really still think it's a three to five. I really do. 
and I don't think that Presti's in any hurry to ramp that up a little bit. We're going to see. I don't know how much pressure he's going to feel if the Chesapeake or whatever is going to be called next year. Uh, you start to see attendance dwindle where it's kind of pathetic. Um, I don't think that 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 is going to be that much pressure on him year one. But if it continues for a few years and then you see him swing and miss at a couple of guys, you can see there being a problem. So the pressure is on to build. The unknown is always scary. I fear the unknown as everybody else does, except when you fear it, what do you do? Do you get up and stare it in the eyes and say, come on, unknown, let's do some dancing? Or do you fall back? And that's what you can see with Sam Presti. He's usually a guy who stares the unknown in the face and then outsmarts it with the son of his uh, fun talk. Jerry, do you have a, in your unbiased opinion, do you have a preference on on seeing someone land in Oklahoma City? Do you do you have someone that you think would be f- more fun to cover than than the others? Now you're talking about yeah, just among, the draft among picks? Yeah, the top, the like top who, five. Who I think is fun for yeah. the draft picks? I think they're all snot-nosed brats. Uh, they're going to come in. But like I said, I I really do. I, I, I really would be interested to cover uh, – Kaminga. I think Kaminga is uh, an interesting story and what he could potentially develop into. Uh, I don't know. Is he a hard-nosed defensive guy that's athletic that can, you know, put us uh, on ESPN with some of his highlight dunks? Uh, You know, is he going to be brazen and just be a a score and a bucket and a problem? It can't be both. He has to be one of them. And that's early on learning the NBA, whether he wants to be a problem or a bucket. But that guy in particular is somebody that I'd be really interested because I don't right now, I don't see where he fits. I mean, he's obviously super talented and that's what happens whenever you're super talented, you fit places, but I don't see where this guy fits right now. And I would love, love to see him play for the thunder just to see how that fits. All right, Jerry, last one here before we'll, we'll let you run. We know you've got uh dad duties and like eight hours of radio between the franchise and V one Oh three and wherever the hell else you've whizzled your way into. But Next week, can I do this real quick? I'm yes, sorry. Yes, I'm, so, I'm yes. sorry, Ryan. Just you're not you're not you're not doing it right. Uh, I am on every day from the franchise from eleven to three, eleven to one with Dylan Buckingham. Channel Four's left uh, Dylan Buckingham. Yeah, that guy. Uh, and then also thirteen year NFL pro Kelly Gray, former uh, OU great. Uh, the team sucked. He was awesome. And then, yes, I am your drive time DJ taking you home with all the latest of the throwback hip hop and R&B. I know that's weird because it's the latest throwback hip hop and R&B, but we put it on there and we make it right. Also, listen to DD in the morning, 5 to 10. Chance to win some cash and great throwback hip hop and R&B all day long. A true professional. But you did leave out that Dylan Buckingham, also noted uh, friend of the Oklahoma Sports Hall of Fame, does a lot of great voiceover work there. If you go to the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, too, you can probably hear him. All throughout the museum. Yeah, well, yeah, Jerry. Some of us. Would you say? Would you say? Great? Some of us. Great. Some right. of us okay. can read, and that allows us to be great. <laughs> some of us are illiterate. Frankly, no, that's awesome. And hey, listen, it's okay. But a hey, straight vanilla haircut, right? They can read a paragraph. Good for him. You know, I came up off the streets. All right. You know, what I was reading. I was reading them dollars. That's what I was yeah, reading. You didn't have to bring his skin tone into this. I, I just don't understand why that was. I, I don't get it. Anyway, next week. Uh, it's for the culture, Ryan. It's for the I culture. I see. I see. I see. All right. Next week, peeling the curtain back, we'll be unveiling a new segment for our faithful listeners. But we felt like you were the perfect person to kick us off. We are going to be doing weekly raps where we take either a song, song lyrics, whatever, whatever you feel like perfectly summarizes 
the last week in Thunderland. You are a walking music catalog. Just absolutely bonkers how much music you have stuffed into your head. So the last 15 games, Jerry, the Thunder go 1-14. and 14. Big losses, close losses, a big win in Mark Dagnall's homecoming to Boston. Jerry, putting you on the spot, what song would you apply to the last 15 games in Thunderland? I mean, Tim Buck 3 is the future so bright, I got to wear shades, right? That's what's going on right now. And you hear that little harmonica in the back. Yeah, I'm looking all right and getting good grades. The future's so bright. I got to wear shades. That is what's happening right now. You are in the lowest point probably in franchise history because even the bad uh, losing streak that happened back in 08 or whatever, I mean, that was Westbrook and that was Kevin Durant. So even then, you're like, okay, well, there's a little something here. I dare you. I dare you to look on this court right now, uh, you know, with everybody in street clothes and what have you, this side of Dort, and go, hey, there's a future Hall of Famer on the court right now. So the future's so bright. You got to wear shades, guys. Once that draft hits, bam, that's whenever the future starts for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And it's like that little guy on The Price is Right. That goes, right? It's just going to climb and climb and climb and climb. And that is what's going to happen with the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's a twofer, baby. That was a 80s awesome song and a Price is Right game song. Boom. That was this is so much more amazing than I thought it would be. That was incredible. Yeah, Another slow I... clap. We have got to in- implement the slow clap sound into the board. There you go. There's the drums. That's, that's all we got. We've got two options. I like the drums better than the ballpark. Jerry, that's why we love you. Where can everyone find all your stuff? Because as you've established, you're just all over the place. Okay, let me first start to Old Man Game. Uh, once a month, Brandon Rabar and John Hamm, we're going to start doing radio cinema shows. And even whenever there is no thunder, uh, we're going to probably do some fun sports movies over the summer and get you cranky. Remember, you're going to be allowed to get in Chesapeake Arena. And do you want to pay $200 for a seat to see just basically sophomore uh, basketball? Or do you want to come visit Radio Cinema and the old man game and sit and listen, everybody that walked in got a prize. Everybody that walked in, walked out with something. We uh, have a lot of fun uh, and we can make this fun. I know for sure right now we're angling to have a celebration of the very last game and maybe, you know, confetti flying around. Who knows? Old Enzyme playing. I'm trying to book Cool in the Gang so they can actually sing Celebration because I don't think they're doing much of anything right now. So just tons of stuff there with the Old Man Game. Go at the Old Man Game. Uh, give us a follow. Follow at TV's Jerry. Follow at John M. Ham. Follow at Brandon Rabar. I mean, and then so don't follow Brandon Rabar. No, okay. don't, don't follow uh, Brandon then, Rabar. We're feuding with Brandon Rabar right now. That's, his, uh, that's a bold move. Uh, and then also, like I said, the franchise – uh, if you don't catch me on my actual shows with Dylan, with Kelly, I also come on after the uh, Thunder Games with Eddie and Todd. Uh, like uh, Thanos, I am inevitable. We love it. We love it. Jerry, thank you so much for taking some time. We're sorry we took you away from dinner. It is like 3 p.m., so it makes sense that dinner is right now. I'm just I'm just kidding. It's uh, Actually, it's supper for me and mother. Is it the last uh, one? We're probably going to watch the murder... We're going to watch uh, Murder, She Wrote, and then probably get a, a good night's a good solid night's sleep. Uh, Imagine someone from Can't. the old man game calling it supper. Couldn't well, couldn't J- be uh, us. DP, I don't know if you're aware, but Jerry is the spokesperson for Blue Chews now. So if you need <laughs> that extra spice in your life, 
Jerry Ramsey is the spice of life. And I didn't realize how good they were going to taste. <laughs> I mean, you know, they do what they they do what they do, but the flavor is just magnificent. So give it a shot. Give it a shot. Bluetooth.com. <laughs> Bluetooth.com. Remember, use uh, <laughs> password OKC uh, to get your uh, shipping for free. Bluetooth.com. What a guy. Jerry, thank you so much. We will catch you on the floor. big thank you to our good friend he would kill me if i said friend but he's our friend he's gonna have to deal with it our good friend jerry ramsey we appreciate him hopping on to the podcast a whole bunch but now dp we've got all the serious stuff out of the way we kind of got to have some fun with jerry kind of talk some serious we're done doing that it's time to have some fun with a segment we like to call bolt action that's right it's three questions rapid fire thunder related sometimes nba related who knows whatever but up first all right dp we've got a young core here in oklahoma city sga lou dort basley they're for sure locked in for the future up next you've got the two rookies alexi pokashevsky teo maladon set those guys over to the side so those five guys off limits everyone else on the roster you can pick one guy absolutely Nobody else, only one guy to be your dude. You're carrying forward to the next era of Thunder basketball. Derek, who you got and why? I'm going to go Ty Jerome. You know, spark spark plug score off the bench. He has jumped from 3.3 points per game in his rookie season to 10.4 now. Who knows if we could make him, if he could make another jump. You know, I 40% from three. That's unreal on five attempts. I'm going Ty Jerome. Derek, are you not concerned about his lack of uh, give a damn on being any good at defense at all? Oh, absolutely not. You know, in in my heyday, I had a lack of give a damn on defense. <laughs> and that's something that I that I absolutely love to see out on the NBA basketball court. So, no, I, I'm Ty Jerome through and through. See, I guess this is just where we differ. I, as a basketball player, had no jumper. Uh, my game DP, I was a really solid four, maybe even a five. I, I like to just get it done around the bucket. Uh, I had a nice little hook shot, probably because I was like four feet tall. And the only way I could even like get a shot off was to put my entire body in between me and my defender. So I had that little hook. So uh, I-, I made my hay on the defensive end of the floor. I just I can't do it. And that's why I'm bringing Kenrich Williams, Kenny Hustle forward he's a guy that he's shown he can give you that offensive jolt uh some nights other nights eh, so so but what you are going to get out of him is a ton of energy a ton of hustle obviously kenny hustle but uh you need that guy that's going to get out there scrap dive on the floor do whatever and just coming off the bench one of those guys it's like a a Hamanu Diallo, just a little bit different. Kenrich Williams, he's not going to wow you with the dunks, stuff like that, but maybe he gets on the floor, dives around, gets a ball in transition, has some fun. I'm going Kenny Hustle because I actually care about defense. Defense matters, DP. I respect your opinion, but also it is wrong. (laughs) Uh, No defense is going to be played in Derek's ideal NBA side. All right, second one. Right now, we got to do this. The Thunder 
sitting in the reverse five seed, chasing down Jerry Ramsey's Detroit Pistons for the four. DP, the Thunder have what, 10 games left, I think? I counted 10, 11, whatever. Here's the slate. Four-game homestand. Pelicans, Pacers, Suns, Kings. All right, then they go on a West Coast swing. Two games back-to-back at Golden State. Two games back-to-back at Sacramento before returning home to finish the season against the Utah Jazz and the Clippers. How many wins are left on the schedule? I'm going to go with one. And it's it has to be over the Kings because there's absolutely no way you beat the you you lose to the Kings three times in a week. If Lou Dort plays at least two of those games, they're going to snag at least a win over Sacramento. The rest of these, I think they're pretty solid losses. Yeah, that was uh, so when I'm breaking this down, the first thing I saw is you've got three games against the Kings. That's a win. One one of those is a win. I'm penciling up one. One of those is a win against the Kings. Um, looking at like Utah has not been great over the last couple of games. Obviously the Timberwolves going to Utah and doing just random things as the Timberwolves are now six and four of their last 10 games. Look at them, uh, storming back. Don't get me started. Wouldn't that be peak disaster for them to just reel off a win streak here, get to like the, the fourth best lottery odds and fall all the way out of the lottery. That's the most Minnesota thing I've ever (laughs) heard in my whole life. They said, they said, we don't. We don't care about that. We just want to develop our team. Your team is not good. Uh, don't get me started, Ryan. Like you got me on a tangent. That are they working for Golden State? Like is that just what is that Minnesota's goal? Is Have that, to let's be. just do everything we can to make sure that pit conveys to Golden State. Someone, someone's on the Golden State payroll over there. I don't know who it is, but we we got to find out for Minnesota's sake. I bet those fans are bonkers right now. It's incredible. It's making that coaching change in midseason, swiping a Toronto. That was that whole thing's just wild. Minnesota, we need to look back one day and talk about this season. But anyway, uh, like like you said, I agree. One win against the Kings, and I'm going to give that Pelicans and Pacers uh, double. I'm going to give the Thunder a win in one of those two. I, I say the Thunder pick up two wins to close the season here. All right, our last question, DP, and this is the one that could throw a wrench in everyone's plans. Shea Gilgis Alexander. All right. He's been dealing with plantar fasciitis. Last time Mark Dagonal gave an update, he said he was actually a little bit behind in his rehab and his recovery, and that they were going to have to reevaluate him. Now, I'm no doctor, DP, but I feel like putting him on a plane for every road game is probably not ideal for his rehab. Also, the amount of cheerleading he's doing on the sidelines is a little concerning. Get that man a Gatorade bucket to just sit on. But Let's not say let, let's not be doctors. Let's just ask the question. If Shea Gildas Alexander is cleared, should he return to action this season for Oklahoma City? I mean, the the correct answer would be yes. If he can play basketball, pl- let him play basketball. Um, but no, he should absolutely not touch the basketball court again this season. Yeah, I just this is something that like I kind of brought up before the season and people kind of pointed and laughed at me. I would have put a minutes restriction on Shea, uh, Lou Dort and Darius Baisley like before the season started. Like if you knew going in, hey, it not overtime games, notwithstanding, you only want to play those guys 30 minutes a night. 
If Dagnall knows that way ahead of time, he can stagger them out, make sure that they're playing down the stretch in, in those close games to get those reps, all that stuff. But I'm just like, look, I, I don't know why you'd put any extra miles on these guys than like you really have to this season specifically. Like get them out there, get those developmental things you need, but you don't need them going 40, 45 minutes in any particular game. I wouldn't throw Shea back out there. Let them figure out the shot selection, all that stuff. Let them figure that out in camp once you've got whatever your new rookie class is to come in. They can all figure it out together. And, and the pressure's not really on them next year anyway, right? Like if they make an eight seed, 10 seed, whatever. If they're in that playing tournament, I think fans are happy next year and you can start drawing the parallels of look at the young Thunder team that pushed the Lakers as the eight seed. And then look where they were like, I think it's the the two years from now, right. three years from now where the pressure really hops on. So I, I would not let him touch the floor again and I would stop sending him on these damn road trips. Speaking more on that, why is Lou Dort statistically guarding the the opposing player's number one option more than anybody else in the league? Save that man's knees. Well, they you don't are. need him now. They you are. don't need to win games. They're resting him like every let other that, game. Let that dude guard. Let that dude guard a second year power forward out of freaking Illinois. Don't <laughs> don't put that man on Donovan Mitchell this year. Don't let that happen. It's incredible. It's incredible. He's just he's doing on both ends of the floor. It's amazing. It's amazing. All right. We've got one last little segment here before we toss it to the end. We've almost made it DP. But look, this is a brainchild of DP. We're about having some fun here. And for those of you that don't know, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you're missing out first off. But DP is one of the, like the most creative people I know. And when he approached me and he's like, hey, I've got an idea. What if every week we close this baby out with a classic would you rather scenario but then dp one upped himself he's like we're talking basketball it's the hardwood you rather so dp without further ado what is our hardwood you rather for this week all right i gotta i I cooked up a good one for the first one i feel like this is gonna be very on brand for the the future of the bit in a five on five scenario would you rather have five minute bowls who I believe stood at seven, seven or five spud webs who stood at five, six, which is my height. <laughs> well, uh, as the resident, let, let me give you Atlanta a little context guy. here. I think we're going on way here in, in his heyday. In, in his heyday, spud web averaged 16 points on 36% three-point shooting, 46 from the field. Manute Bull, in his best-ever offensive season, averaged 3.7 points, but five blocks. And you got five of those dudes out there. Uh, How much you want to bet that that's a dunk and one as well for the 3.7 points? It's it's, He gets his one dunk, gets assaulted going to the rack converts look uh, i alluded to it a second ago as the resident atlanta homer i will be picking spud webb every day of the week here uh spud he, he just knew how to get uh get, get people going and hey just throwing that out there an icon a city could get behind spud webb that is two of those guys trey young and spud webb 
uh, put that in your line at Chipotle. But yeah, I, I would go with Spud Webb. Give me, give me the short guys as a short king. I believe that we, we have to stick with those. Yeah, as a uh, like you said, resident member of Hawks fandom, I am a resident member of the Short Kings Association. Association. Oh my gosh, that word's hard to say. Association there around the association. Podcasting. Podcasting's so fun. I love podcasting. Um, yeah, I gotta go with Spud Webb. Uh, he's too quick. You're too big, buddy. I'm gonna go around you. I'm gonna bob and weave. I'm gonna hit a little pull up J in your face, maybe. If you don't pack it to wherever. Yeah, I got to go Spud Webb. Just uh, give my short king uh, a check mark there. I I would love to see, though, someone cook up the defensive coverages that five minute bowls would run. Just in any given game. Like, (laughs) (laughs) they just, here's what they do they all stand, like, however, like, I guess, like, probably four feet apart what's his wingspan he's got, like he's got an eight, eight foot feet. It, it's eight foot six so an eight and a half feet on the nose wingspan is uh per the wikipedia so yeah the the Dear great God. wall of the they great wall the, of bowl yeah they just call it the great wall and they all five of them they line up and you can't get past it. it's like what's that game red rover it's like yes that, except for basketball spud webb just i don't know he might be able to duck it low-key he could duck it. I, I just, Goes I just right want to see. But knowing the way that Spud Webb played the game, just because they could probably the Spud Webbs could probably create that separation and just try to shoot over the Great Wall, they're going to try to posterize the Great Wall. So you're going to see a lot of contact <laughs> at the rim. But it, what kind of pressure do you think's on a on a group of five Spud Webbs, knowing you pretty much got to score every time? Because I don't know what they're going to do defensively for the life. <laughs> That that's the thing is like okay maybe Spud Webb could score on on Manute Bull maybe how the heck is Spud Webb gonna stop Manute Bull what do you do do you climb him <laughs> first off uh, I think that you're gonna have it's really actually gonna be five on two and a half because you're gonna have two sets of Spud Webbs get on each other's shoulders roll a trench coat oh, out there. the old trench coat maneuver. Yeah, have, have the yes. old trench coat bit. So I think you've got that with one other Spud Webb roaming around, just putting enough pressure on Manute Bull, <laughs> saying like, 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 hey, you just like put the ball on the floor. Because if you can get Manute Bull to put the ball on the floor, I think that's your that's your path to success. That's true. He does have to dribble and pass, which I don't think were his strong suits. Probably Pretty much not. just blocking the basketball. Probably there. not. But you'd, you'd have to think that if he just uses that wingspan, puts the ball over his head and just passes that way, you'd think that they'd be able to, to make that happen. That's why you're going to have to have the trench coat spud webs. People out there are going to be non short kings are going to be absolutely dismayed that we chose spud web over five minute bowls. Happens. I'm happens. interested for the feedback. But at OKC Thunder SI on Twitter at Deepark OK at Radios Ryan. Let us know. Would you go with the bowl army or a bunch of spud webs? DP, before we get out of here, as always, like we said, inside the thunder.com. If you want our serious coverage, analysis, commentary, all that stuff, it's all there. We're, we're in the scrums. We're in the mix. All that stuff. It's 100% free as well. There is no paywall right now with SI uh, inside the thunder.com. Go there. No credit card, no subscription, nothing like that your free one-stop shop for complete 
Thunder coverage and put this in the back of your brain holes. We previewed this with Jerry Ramsey, but next week, starting up another weekly segment we're going to have is the weekly raps where you can either pick a song title, a song, some lyrics, whatever, however you want to do it to uh, best summarize this, this Thunder week. So it's going to start with the Pelicans game. That is the starting window through the next time we record. We record on Wednesday nights. We'll be published on Thursday. Hit us up with those on the Twitter machine. And hey, look, right now I'm tossing our podcast cover art onto the screen. You see it. You love it. Go do some research about A Tribe Called Quest, some of their cover art. You'll get it. Shout out DP. Merch is coming. Our beautiful mugs, other Thunder-related stuff. It is coming. We will have a link for that in the future. But look out for that. But first off, I guess lastly, I don't know. Uh, DP, we did it, man. Uh, one, <laughs> one whole podcast. We're through it. I hope to look back on this in like five or six years when we're just making millies, just straight milli rocking it and just be like, wow, we sucked really bad. That oh, was horrible. We'll still suck in a few years and we'll be making millies of Doge. We'll be making like a million Doge an episode. So a hundred percent. Perfect. Perfect. That's Derek Parker at D Parker. Okay. I'm Ryan Chapman. Until next time, guys, we will see you on the flip.